the Museum of South Texas History preserves and presents the borderline heritage of South Texas and Northeastern Mexico by telling the stories from the Rio Grande. Hello everyone, I'm Pamela Morales de Hendricks, the Communications Officer for the Museum of South Texas History, and welcome to Stories from the Rio Grande. Very excited about this episode. We're going to be speaking with one of the members of Village in the Valley. We have heard from the co-founders and the co-presidents, uh, Teresa and Marcia talk about what Village in the Valley is and what they're doing. So we figured we would interview someone from the organization. So, Mommy, if you would like to introduce yourself. Sure. Hi, thank you for having me on the call, Pamela. My name is Mami Anojo, as she already mentioned. I used to live in the Valley, and I recently moved out of the Valley like two months ago in May to live now in Irving, Texas, in the Dallas area. And I'm the membership chair for Village in the Valley. I'm a teacher by trade, and I just love working with nonprofit fundraisers and helping the needy. I'm originally from the Gambia, West Africa, and I only moved to the States to pursue my education. And I got married and stayed. <laughs> So when did you move to the United States? How, uh, I guess, how old were you, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, sure. I was 18. I came for college, and I moved to Florida Institute of Technology. That's in Melbourne, Florida. My sister, my elder sister, was already going there, so it was a lot easier. The transition was easy for me to go where she already was. And uh, I did my education, my undergrad, double undergrad, and my master's. And then that's when I left after graduating and working a little bit. I moved to Texas from Florida. My husband got relocated down here from, we also, I met my husband in college as well. <laughs> so we went to the same college. He graduated, got a job in Illinois and then moved to Iowa, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And that's when I was like, you know what? I can't live in the cold, so you better come down south. <laughs> so that's when he made the relocation to Texas. Texas was the best options out of the ones the company gave. So we chose Texas and Texas was McCullen, what we were not expecting. <laughs> but it turned out great living in McCullen. So when you moved to McCullen, what specifically was the, the job description for him? Uh, my husband works with International Paper. Is the number one or number two box manufacturing plant. Well, wow. So that's the company my husband works for, International Paper. Okay, and then did you have any... I mean, you mentioned that you're a teacher by trade. Is that your what you studied in college? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I happened upon teaching. I, uh, my undergrad was chemistry. And then I added math last minute because I loved math. So, And then when it was time to go to grad school, the chemistry did not give me a scholarship, but the math department did. So how I switched from chemistry to math completely. And I originally wanted to work in the labs, like to do research on cancer and malaria and stuff like that. So I was our lab rat. I used to love working in the labs. And I didn't get the opportunity to do my master's in it. So when I switched to math, with math has a lot of options. You can go either the, the teaching route or you can go the 
the technical route, which is computing, um, analysis, data analysis, and all that stuff. But I couldn't get a job in those fields, so I decided let me let me try out teaching and see whether it's something I will love. So I started tutoring at the university there and at the tutoring companies. And from tutoring, then I went into teaching at the university there. I was an adjunct professor for a year and a half. And then that's when I relocated to the Valley with my husband. So what did you end up? That's my journey. (laughs) I ended up, (laughs) I ended up working at IDEA. After a couple of years of looking for a job, I couldn't find something. Also because I was waiting for my immigration documents to be in order. So I couldn't work immediately when I walked, moved to the Valley. I had to wait almost three years before I could find a job due to the fact that I was my documents were not in order. And that was the time that there was a trans- transition with Obama. about He was about to be done with his term. So everything was just taking extra long. So I had to wait almost three years to find a job. And that's when IDEA gave me the opportunity to work with them. IDEA taught us in Edinburgh. That's the one I ended up working with before moving to Dallas area. That's, I mean, that's just so great that you, you know, you're teaching math, you had been so interested in math, and you're still continuing to do that. So what year did you move to the Valley? We moved to January 2016. And uh, I don't believe I told you the year I moved to the States. It was 2005. Uh, July 2005, August or July 2005, I moved to the States, to Florida. And I was there from 2005 all the way till January 2016 when I moved to the Valley in Texas. So when you moved in January 2016, I believe, if I get my history correct, I think Teresa mentioned that there was discussion with her and Marsha about starting this organization. How did you meet Teresa and and Marsha? I actually got to meet Marsha first before Teresa. And the way I met Marsha was through my company. I have a I have a tutoring company that I started back in Florida, but I actually registered it here when I moved to the Valley. So the Valley has done great things for me, even though it was like a culture shock for me. I finally got the the nerve to register my business when I was in the Valley. I believe it was 2017 when I was not be able to work legally. I had to wait until my documents. So in that time, I registered my tutoring business. I started meeting new people. And uh, by meeting new people, I meant people that had the same skin color as me, uh, Black Americans, Africans that lived in the Valley, because there are tons of Africans that live in the Valley. So I got to connect with some Africans. And it was at a party that I met Marsha, <clears throat> that one of the Africans invited me over to. It was a Nigerian that invited me to the party. And I met Marsha and Onuwa there. And uh, that's how I got to meet Marsha the first time. And the second time I got to meet her was at a Fem City meeting. I believe somebody invited me, whether it was her or somebody else, I can't remember who. But I'm not sure whether you know Fem City. It's a female-run organization for business women and women that want to just better themselves, whether it is through business or through their own personal home business and working and networking. So I met Marsha through that. And that's how we were talking. And then she realized that I teach and I tutor. And then I got to tutor her kids. So that's how Marsha and I's relationship started through business. <laughs> From there, we got to meet each other more at Fem City events. And then 
once they decided to do Viva, that's when Marsha approached me about being the membership chair because I can talk to people randomly, strangers. <laughs> you know, when they say stranger danger, I did not take that advice. <laughs> I talk to strangers. So that's when Marsha was like, I will be good for this because I'm open and I can talk to anybody. And, you know, I just, I just like networking and getting to know people. So that's how I got uh, in Viva through my relationship with Marsha. And you mentioned that you had a culture shock. Oh, yeah. Was that um, <laughs> so? Even though you can approach people and you know talk to them, was there still, I guess, like some struggle with the culture shock? Yes, because I didn't realize there was. I didn't realize there were so many Spanish people in the valley. I know it was close to the border, but I thought there would be a little bit more diversity. And that was a shock for me. The diversity was was not as as I expected, and also the uh, and also people of other races, even though they are in the valley, but you don't get to see them because all they do, what really brings people to the valley is work usually. So work, they go to work, go home, go to work, go to home, go to the grocery store, go home. So you don't really see them like that. They're not that visible. So having Viva, it kind of made that not as bad as it was before because now there's something for them to do. There's something for them to get involved in and something for them to have bring out their kids, get to meet other kids and not feel like they're alone in the valley. That's why I love Viva because of that. And all the things, all the changes and the prospects that Viva can bring to the valley. I think, I think that's what drew me to to Viva. I mean, you did mention that, you know, you got here in 2016 and then you were having some hard, a hard time finding work. Did you in any way, but like, I guess, did you have any personal struggles with that? Did you, did you feel alone maybe? Oh, yes. Yes. I was away from family. It was just my husband and I. We had no friends. We had no family. What, what I consider friends are people that, you know, I can go out with, talk to and open up to. But what friends we had at the mean, in the meantime were work friends, his work friends. And I don't consider those friends per se. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, I'm a social person. So being in the house 24-7, looking at the four walls, counting sheep on the sky, <laughs> that was depressing. It put me in a depression mode. So I was, I went through a depression. Uh, I was in and out of it the entire time I was not working. Because for me, work was going to open up that social life that I craved, that connection, you know, that making relationships. So now working, it it put me in a depression mode. Like I was in and out of it. And I couldn't travel because my immigration documents would not allow me to even pass for four years because that's a border check. I couldn't go to the airport. The one time I did that was the day <laughs> my immigration expired. And I almost got deported that day. I was locked up in the immigration jail with, <laughs> with everybody. <laughs> it was a terrible experience. My husband was on pins and needles the entire day. I was there from like 7 a.m. all the way to like 5 p.m. 
Oh, no. It was a terrible experience. I could write a book about it. But I to, that's the day that my immigration documents expired. And I thought I had maybe a week after that because I was going to New York for my cousin's wedding. And I was the maid of honor. So that's how I found out that living in the valley, you have to make sure your immigration documents are in order. Because if you try to go to the airport or you try to go up north through Fort Furious, that they have checkpoints. And that's something that we don't know about not living by a border city. Yeah. So I found out that the hard way, sadly. But now I can tell my friends <laughs> that <laughs> that don't have all their docs in a row. You can't visit me because you'll be stuck here with me. <laughs> like I had everything here. My husband was here, but if say for example friends or family visited me, they would it would be bad for them because they wouldn't be able to get anything done since this is not where they live or reside. You get what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I- but I mean and then I'm I'm grateful. My husband was understanding. He was he was a champ during the whole process, helped me through the whole depression mode, the whole not finding a job. You know, it took some time for me to get out of it. And when I found a job and when I made the connection with Marsha, with Esther, Esther is the other one that it was Esther's event that I met Marsha. She's the co chair now with me, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> She has agreed to come on and be our co- membership co-chair. And it was those ladies that really helped me, you know, realize that not working, I should use that time to build connections, relationships at Femme City, get to meet other people, even though I'm not working. I can use that time to get myself together so that once that job comes, I will be craving for this moment again, which is so true. Because once I started working, I had no time for anything else. And so... You know, even though you were kind of not working and you were going through this, did you eventually, I guess, start to like the valley? Did you hate hate the valley oh. at first, and then you're like, oh, oh it's not so bad? The, no, I started liking the valley the moment I made a connection with people. So the moment I found Marsha, the moment I found Esther, the moment I found people that I could relate to, talk to, and maybe go out and have some fun with, I started seeing the valley in a different light. I started seeing the opportunities in the valley. I started seeing how one can actually prosper in the valley. One can actually start making connections, business connections, and not only personal, but business connections. So the moment I, that was, so 2016, we moved. I started meeting people, say 2017, like middle of 2017, June, July. That's when I started meeting people. And then I started getting out of my depression slowly. And I made connections. And then by... The end of 2017, I already found my, my niche, my already found my family, my Valley family, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so end of 2017, everything, like, it was like night and day. And then I eventually got a job. I think it was 2019 I found a job. Yes, 2019. And this it w- still took me that long. <laughs> you see how long it took me yeah, to find wow. a job? And this was with Idea, correct? Yes. Yeah. Idea gave me the opportunity, and that was such a huge... That was such a huge opportunity that it came at the perfect time. So I was so happy about that. So when, you know, Marsha asked or the organization asked you to be part of Viva, 
did you see that as also kind of like a stepping stone into creating a more uh, inclusive? Yes. Yes, definitely. Because the valley lacked diversity, and not only diversity, but by looking around, but also diversity in politics, diversity in the government offices. You know what I mean? Like there's no representation there for us, or or even. Caucasians, or even the ones Caribbeans, you know, there was no diversity when it came to those type of offices. And I think Diva, in conjunction with other uh, organizations, we can bring that. We can bring that to the Valley. Our voices, because we, we, we are a lot in the Valley, so we also need representation. We also need our interests aligned. We also need to make sure what they're doing in the cities, we're involved in it. And that's the only way we can also get some funding for our nonprofit. So I do believe that. I do believe that Viva is going to definitely force that change in a way. And I think it already started. Yeah, um, Teresa and Marsha mentioned that they've been talking a lot with the city of McAllen and with the city of yeah. Edinburgh. Um, oh, yeah, darling was our... Uh, was uh, highly involved in Viva. And that was awesome to have his support. That was great. I've definitely heard about that as well. Um, I had gone to the Juneteenth, or not the Juneteenth, the rededication for the Bethel. The Bethel Garden. Yes, and that he was there. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, everyone gave great comments about him and the working relationship. So Viva is not just... Uh, from my understanding, when talking with Marsha and, and Teresa, is that they really want this organization not just to be about the Black community, but integrating yeah. the Black community and the Hispanic community and the other types of cultures that, that are in the Valley. Yes, we really want to stray to very true to our mission, which is elevating and uniting the black community while connecting cultures in the Rio Grande Valley. We want to be a beacon of unity with equal recognition and appreciation of the black community in the Rio Grande Valley. So that's our mission and uh, vision that I just read to you. We really, really are not just about the black community. We want to also get to know the Spanish uh, cultures. We want to know the people in the valley. We want to know more about the Spanish uh, culture. We want to know more about the Indian culture. We want to know more about the Caribbean culture because there are all those cultures in the valley. They're just probably not known as much because everybody's in their little corner, but we definitely want to know more. We want to educate people. We want, we want to be that beacon in the valley and not just for black people, not just for African-American, not just for Africans. We want it to be inclusive of cultures when you were you know going through the process of getting members was there a struggle for you to get members or were there just a lot of people that were interested in the organization i would say there's a difference between interested and actually buying the bullet <laughs> so we still struggle with people actually committing you know having to register as a as a member, whether it's a family, individual, couple, or business member, because we have different types of membership for Viva. So, like, you give them the whole spiel about Viva, what Viva can bring to the table, and they, they're all up for it, but then when it comes to actually doing that next step to making yourself an actual member, 
that's where we're having a little bit of struggle. So we're still working on that. And that's something that now we have a co-chair since I'm no longer in the Valley. We have a co-chair that is helping with that now. And I believe that it's going to make it a lot easier. Also, COVID kind of made the process a lot harder. When COVID happened, that's when Viva was about to pivot into another phase. We were about to have like social events and COVID just stopped that, you know. So we had to pivot to online events, which is not the same. You get what I mean? Yes, I, I definitely agree. Can't really talk to other people. You know, someone needs yes. to be like the leader of the conversation. And then, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so the even like we tried as much as possible to make it still vibrant and still uh, how do you say, entertaining, but it just wasn't the same. But um, that also gave us time to get our ducks in the row because Viva was growing so fast that... I think COVID also had its benefits for Viva. It gave us the time to get our docs in row, get our documentation, our paperwork, all the things that we, we were going to be slacking off if there was no COVID and make it even extra hard for us. I think COVID made us like take a step back and reevaluate things. So there's a good and bad with COVID. And I think in, at the end of the day, it helped Viva a whole lot. And now that COVID is slowly... You know, people are getting vaccinated. People are being more responsible. I think now Viva has the chance now to pick up kind of where we left off before COVID and maybe propel even further than we expected. And I think this, I think it's going to be wonderful. I mean, I'm not in the Valley, but I still, I still, I'm still connected to the Valley. And I think I'll always be connected to the Valley because of what it offered me and the, the connections, the relationships I've made. I think that will last me a lifetime. Tell us a little bit more about the membership and what does that entail? So right now, we have different membership for Viva. We have the individual membership, which is $25. We have the couple membership, and couple can be husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, any type of uh, friends, and that is $45. We have kids membership, which is if you are below, I believe, 13 years old, it's free. And then if you are from 13 to 17 years old, it's $10. We also have a business membership, which is $150. You're not going to have this, this rate, most likely in any organization that only charges $150 for business membership. And what it entails is we'll be promoting your business. Every time you have any type of events, we will tag. You can tag us and we will reshare, post on all our social media. When you have events, say, for example, you have a sale coming, we can do that. We are also going to be in our directory for businesses. So that way, anybody that wants to know what business business what business what members we have, you can always see that. We're currently working on our website by incorporating the business membership view page. So we have our designer, who is also a college student, who's helping us with that. So he's helping us by upgrading our website, adding the business tab, so that anybody can see the businesses that are part of Viva. And then we're also working on benefits for our membership. 
So when you sign in, you have those uh, perks to those businesses that are business Viva members as well. So we have a lot that we're currently working on and we're hoping that once the summer is over, we'll be able to roll it out being August so that way incoming members will know that you're not just registering just to be part of an organization. There are also benefits to it. There's networking. We have tons of professionals in Viva that have, they're ready and willing to share their knowledge to the Valley. So we want to make sure we take advantage of that. And they are also ready and capable to do that for people in the Valley. Not just Blacks, but any Viva member. And when we do have events, they're usually open to the public. So we'll also be having more events since COVID is now dying out. So look out for Viva in the next upcoming weeks. Our first Friday, we're looking into officially having a home for our first Friday. So that's something to also look out for for next month, August. And the first Friday is like a networking event for adults and college students where you can come, network, meet different business professionals, get to know them, get to see what opportunities or get to learn from them. So that's what our first Friday is, mingling, getting to meet different folks, getting to learn from them, and also getting your network base because we all need that. Everybody needs networking, right? Yes, definitely. And all this information can be found on the website, as you mentioned? Yes, villageinthevalley.org.org. And from the website, you can also get access to our Facebook and our Instagram. Our Viva Facebook, Village in the Valley Facebook is, if you go to Facebook, just type in Village in the Valley, and you'll see there. And our Instagram is going to be at Viva RGV. Okay, perfect. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add that I didn't mention? Well, I, I would like to end it with the highlight for me when I moved to the Macallan. When I moved to Macallan, my husband and I went to the mall the first week that we moved down here. And we got some people that stopped us, my husband and I, and they wanted to take a picture. We thought they wanted us to take their picture, but they're like, no. They wanted to take our picture. I think maybe they thought my husband was LeBron James and maybe they thought I was Beyonce or something like that. But I found that really hilarious. And I will always remember that story. That was like my welcome to the Valley. And that's what made me realize, wow, the Valley is really missing or lacking a lot of diversity. That's how I found out. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a little bit... I mean, it, yeah. they were probably innocent, but that's no, not I at didn't, all. I didn't, take offense, I didn't take offense to it. I just find it hilarious. Yeah, that. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm I'm glad that, but you seem okay with it. But I'm like, uh, no, that does not sound good. Uh, well, I'm 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 glad that you stuck around or you stayed around for a little bit. Obviously, couldn't stay because of your husband's work. But I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed the valley. Thank you. I definitely will be visiting the valley. I already came this year, so I'm sure I'll be there next year sometime. When, I'm not too sure, but I'm so glad that we had this talk and it just brought back all these wonderful memories that I have with people in the valley and just the valley in general. And it was nothing but nice things, so 
I don't have any bad thing to say about the valley. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, you know, sharing your story and telling us a little bit more about Viva. You know, I had just heard about it a couple of years ago. So I'm really glad that we're getting connected and sharing all these stories and the organization's mission. So thank you for... Thank um, you so much for taking the time. Yeah, no, no problem. This podcast was brought to you by the Betty S. Kelso Foundation. It was produced by the Most History Communications team and edit by freelance podcast editor, Leah Victoria Juarez. The song is Carpe Diem by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons. Follow us on Anchor to hear more about stories from the Rio Grande. Send your questions through the Anchor app. You can also subscribe to this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Most History, Stories from the Rio Grande.